Welcome to Entrepreneurs in Conversation with Jaradine. Each week, I sit down with entrepreneurs, innovators, and creators from around the world who share fascinating views, stories, and expert advice on start and grow a business from A to Z. Enjoy the show. In this episode... To go where I need to go, I can't see anyone around me that can take me there. Mm-hmm. So what am I going to do? What am I to do with my life? You know, do I accept that and just stay where I am? Or what am I going to do? Hey, hi. Before to jump into that very next episode, I'm super glad you're here because I'm running a workshop on June 23 at 9 a.m. in French and 11 a.m. in English. So make sure to join me to discover seven keys in order to optimize your website, e-commerce, and blog. So that way you'll get all the ingredients in order to boost your online presence and get more visibility. So enjoy the episode. Hello there. How are you, Zavosh? Welcome to Entrepreneurs in Conversation with Geraldine. I hope you are well. Um, How's it going? Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and talk with you today. Yeah, we're going to be talking about you, uh, your multiple hats uh, as an entrepreneur, as a co-founder, as an investor, incubator founders. I mean, you have so many hats. It's pretty incredible. And we have so much to learn about it. So I'm pretty excited to be talking to you today. Thank you so much. You made it sound like I have a really big head, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so first and foremost, for those who don't know you, uh, I'm just gonna, you know, set the floor. And we met actually yeah. at the G20, G20 uh, Youth Entrepreneurs Alliance event in 2020. Um, I mean, clearly, uh, you are a brilliant mind, um, serial entrepreneurs, um, investors, and more at Molecule, um, which is actually the fastest growing e-commerce platform in North America. And besides this platform that you're cre- you've been creating uh, for the last couple of years, you've been such an unconventional uh, entrepreneur and you have an, such an unconventional uh, background, but I want you uh, to introduce yourself and tell us more about yourself and actually what sparks, what sparked actually your beginning as an entrepreneur. Sure. Thank you so much from that warm introduction. Uh, I started very young. I'm, I didn't know I'm a entrepreneur then I was inspired by inventors when I was very young reading books and you know I I just found them very uh, you know mysterious these people who've created the you know products or things that now affects our reality Mm -hmm. so now looking back that's what entrepreneurs do or some of them at least Mm -hmm. Uh, that's really the core of what was exciting to me and What ends up happening is, you know, when I was like 15, 16 years old, I was sort of, I, I don't come from a wealthy family. Mm-hmm. I, you know, a uh, very smart family, but not necessarily wealthy or without, I didn't have much access. So mm-hmm. I had to figure it out. And, you know, I also didn't have a dad growing up. So it was just me figuring it out on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sharing these things. Why? Because it's important. Because if anybody's listening, they might be, you know, similar to my situation when growing up where I didn't see much hope in the future. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I had to figure something out. And the 
The first vertical that I came across, which excited me, and I felt like there's hope in it, was the music industry. Mm-hmm. And through that, it, you know, it just I found this passion, and I was like, you know, I can see how powerful it, it, it is for some of these influencers that can be heard by so many people. And if I could, you know, reach a level to have that kind of impact, maybe mm-hmm. my life will be great. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't based on money. And I, that's what set me on this path that was very unconventional because I had to figure it out on my own. So I started my first business 16 years old. I didn't have no clue what, you know, oh what I was doing. But I registered it and I was excited and I was like, you know, I'm a business person. And then um, I, through what I was told or doing things that excited me, I realized I have a natural talent for, um, you know, piecing things together, whether it's a song or whether it's, you know, content video or whether it's, you know, groups of people bringing them Mm -hmm. together and kind of managing that. So, um I spent a lot of time and I've done a lot of work and, you know, while in school and kind of just, you know, set myself up on that path. But then from there on, I, you know, went to college to pursue managing the business of music mm-hmm. and you know, taking it very seriously. And, you know, I was working in my studio next door to me was a guy coming up. Nobody knew his name was Drake. Oh, and uh, huh. So many people like that, you know, I was co-managing groups of artists and talents with other, uh, some, you know, managers in the city of Toronto. Mm-hmm. And, you know, next thing you know, one of the artists becomes The Weeknd. Um, and this is how, you you know, early on, it's exciting because you don't know who's who, who's going to become what. But um, I've seen so many of those situations happen, Got you know, guys who've gone to become, you know, biggest writers now, writing for Justin Bieber Mm-hmm. Um, multiple other records. Um, I've worked closely with even women. Like you know, uh, there was this really talented girl in, coming up, and we did some co-writing and worked together. It turns out to be Jesse Reyes. And wow. anyway, all that stuff I taken with me. And while I was working in the music industry, I also found the need within media videos. All these artists needed music videos, so we started creating, producing content. And I've done hundreds of music videos as a producer and, you know, content creator being involved. And then from there on, we saw clients approach us. And when I say us as teams, other people involved uh, that needed to create movies. So then we go into the movie industry. (laughs) I've done like about, you know, 12, 13 feature films as a producer. I've directed a couple of them. Some of them have gone to win international awards. Last project I did was a documentary, you know, about the Canadian um, comic book artists, as mm-hmm. well as the ones in the U.S. And it, mm-hmm. you know, we had interviews with Stan Lee before he passed away, and he's like the god of Marvel and comics and mm-hmm. uh, so many people like that. So I built my network. Throughout mm-hmm. all those years, I built my network, personal network, people that I work with. And I've been rejected thousands of times and yeah. still do at some, you know, in some situations when it becomes part of your day-to-day routine. Mm-hmm. But it was very difficult because I couldn't see other people that look like me, uh, that you know uh, have the same challenges as me as somebody who's coming from a minority community, mm-hmm. who's not uh, quote-unquote Caucasian. And um, nothing wrong with that, but the, certain invisible walls start to appear where mm-hmm. maybe through people not relating, maybe they've never seen somebody like me around them, 
So they can't relate. And then it becomes a wall and you can't get through certain doors. You can't get through certain deals. Mm -hmm. uh, but without rambling on, essentially, I felt like I have more to offer. Mm -hmm. And the music industry, very toxic environment. And I can dive into it as, as you like, but music, film industry, a little bit more organized. But you have to, you know, learn skill sets, either mm -hmm. become stronger mentally, emotionally, financially, in all aspects, or you will just get eaten up. People mm -hmm. will chew you and spit you out. <laughs> and um, that's what breaks some people down. Mm -hmm. so, but I, I have a I have a very short question before you you keep sure. on going. But how a sixteen year old like had the discipline? I, I mean, will share that with you. I will <laughs> share that with you. The discipline came from again. I don't know how other people's minds work, but for me, seeing my mother go through the struggles to to raise me, mm -hmm. seeing you know what sacrifices she had to make, and seeing other people within my family and so on that kind of created more distance between me and my family and people because it was like to go where I need to go. I can't see anyone around me that can take me there. Mm -hmm. So what am I going to do? What am I to do with my life? You know, do I accept that and just stay where I am or what am I going to do? So that's a question I think I encourage anyone to think on, but mm -hmm. Something deeper within me, that is what would get me to wake up in the morning and realize my mortality, realize I have little time, realize if I want to make my family proud or if I want to make my loved ones proud, time is the biggest thing against me. Mm -hmm. And maybe I'll become successful when I'm 50 years old, but that's not good enough. I need to make it earlier so that I can, you know, share that um, joy of success Mm -hmm. with those that I love, not the, not necessarily the money, but that joy of success, that mm -hmm. point in time where we can celebrate and say we did it and we don't need to struggle. But that's really a deeper concept. Um, otherwise it sounds philosophical. <laughs> it's some people relate and some people don't. So let's pause that for a second. But to wrap up my whole story, essentially I took everything and the last 10 years of my life, I focused it in technology and financial industry through digitization, mm -hmm. through processes and systems and collaborations that would enable me to take everything that I've learned, apply it to other areas and industries where they don't have it. Mm -hmm. So I'll stop there. And let's, uh... <laughs> and then, yeah, definitely. We're going to, we're going to dive into that because like you are, you have also like a very interesting curriculum. I mean, you are investing in other startups. There is one thing in terms when we speak about um, your life as a technology investor, right? And then you have your own technology that you're building. So now um, tell us more about that. Like how actually did you start with that? What was what sparked the idea and how actually you happen to make the right connection in terms of thinking, thinking about how can I grow my solution? And then from that also finding the time and the dedication to invest okay. in others to support the startup community and the entrepreneurial ecosystem. Okay. Thank you for that. Uh, there's a lot of layers to it. Let me, so I painted the, the early career so we can all follow now through that story that I'm sharing with you. Um, back in the music days, um, brand influencer marketing has always been the key to drive an artist's success, artist's career. When they, when they early on collaborate with another famous artist, their circle of fans grows. It's like 
you know, now you're, you have a bigger circle, a bigger audience, people get exposed to you. So what I was doing with a partner of mine 10 years ago, we had this uh, brand called Wavy and we had our branded watches. We had, you know, our cool gadgets. And I grew that business to 45 different retail locations across greater uh, Toronto area. And we were in retail stores competing with brands like G-Shock that mm-hmm. a lot of kids knew. But for much better, more affordable, and it was cooler. So people walk in, buy two wavy watches versus one G-Shock, and they still save some money. And it was growing. And we were talking to so many brands. Um, in fact, even Weekend was one of those artists early on. We wanted to kind of collaborate with their merchandising. But what mm-hmm. happened was, even as a millennial, I understood how difficult it was to sell online. Mm-hmm. So that really got me to experience the difficulties of a small business selling online. Mm-hmm. And I, I couldn't buy that all these businesses are talking about how easy it is to sell online. So I was like, no, 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 no. This is a much bigger problem to solve. So I bought out my partner's shares. I actually spent some time consolidating and then started investing everything into this, what's to be Molecule today. Mm-hmm. And Molecule started with that idea, like, you know, like how molecules grow. Uh, I, was, I was looking to solve that problem for the small business owners like myself. And it started with ideation. You start mm-hmm. with the idea and looking at the problem, but I didn't mm-hmm. know what it's going to take. And all the other things that I'm about to share with you, that was the journey. You can't see that, you know? So what drove me forward was this image or idea of, you know, wouldn't it be cool if I have this digital mall and all these businesses can be connected and they don't have to pay monthly and they can just quickly start selling online. Mm-hmm. That's that was the initiation. And then I started talking to my close friends, engineers, programmers, developers. We formed a little team. And guess what happened? Nothing happened. <laughs> a year goes by, nothing happened. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, why is it that they're not as excited as I am? And I was like, this isn't working. And they're my friends. You know, I love them. Well, what do I do? I had to go look for a new team. I had to start again. A year, a year and a half later, started posting ads, started talking to more people. Mm-hmm, I interviewed mm-hmm. at least 100 people and nobody was getting it. It was really difficult. And I couldn't find a CTO or a technology partner to take it on with me. And finally, through those you know, posts and connections with different people, I came across my current partner mm-hmm. who, you know, God bless him, he, he took it on, he dived deeper with me, he understood the value proposition, and it, this is a person, this is a stranger. We don't have, we're not friends. But the beauty of it was just that because we took each other on and we took it, we took the mission seriously. And we mm-hmm. spent from that point on in time, we spent many years to get to where we are today. Mm-hmm. And when I say many years, I'll share something with you. One day he calls me and he's like, my wife is pregnant and we're still developing. And she's going to kill me. And I was like, I understand. That must be very difficult, but we have to continue. So he goes on through that you know, intense period, continuing yeah. on the project. And guess what happens? His kid is born. He, he tells me, he's like, my wife's going to kill me. When are we going to get this to market? And then two years into it, two and a half years later, mm-hmm. again, he calls me. He's like, my wife's pregnant again. We're still trying to make this work. What do we do? So <laughs> at that point, most people would give up. At that yeah, point, most people sure. will give in. But that's what we didn't. 
We didn't do that because we understood we, we honored our own investment of time, resources, money, and we still continued forward because there was a wide gap in the market. If someone mm-hmm. else is going to do exactly what we're doing, then let's stop. But if they're not, doesn't matter how many people are trying to do e-commerce. Mm-hmm. Let's figure out how to do it better. And finally, through that process, we, we, you know, um, we were able to, after many iterations, many people coming and going and the team kind of uh, finding its flow, we've completed this you know, giant stack of technology layers and all built in-house. We didn't just go pay somebody mm-hmm. we didn't go, you know, to, to a foreign country and get a Mickey Mouse app just to promote it and say we're we thought about every step of the game that what are we going to do when it scales? What are we going to do? And this isn't something I would recommend people doing unless they either are stuck, they have no other option, or um, they, they have the luxury to afford it. Mm-hmm. Because this isn't the path that most entrepreneurs these days, successful entrepreneurs would, would share. If you go to Y Combinator or Techstars or any um, you know, accelerator, they tell you the exact opposite. They say, find your customer, charge them money, then go build the product. Yeah. But my path with this project was completely opposite of that. Even local like incubators will tell you exactly the same. I'm thinking to some incubators that are closer to us, like Next.ai, Centec in, um, in Quebec. Uh, but then you said something that very um, that is very interesting because you've been growing the platform for the last two years and a half. Uh, and a little bit more. But then what was your strategy actually for you uh, in terms of growth hacking in order to start to get users and start to get people to notice actually the brand and the solution in order to have them to try it out? That's a great question. Without having to get into some of our sort of secret sauces, um, I will share openly with you how growth hacking should be applied. Mm-hmm. And you can understand these are the same things that we're doing in a number of different ways. So one thing is you got to really understand your product before you go asking people, do you want this? And this is why I'm against, sometimes I'm against that because Steve Jobs, he didn't go asking people around Silicon Valley, would you like a computer? Would you like a better computer? Would you like a better graphic? No, that just didn't, you make it, you put it in front of the user and that experience gets them excited to want to spend $1,500 on, on, you know, a, <laughs> a computer that does the same thing as another one. So I think similar to that, I look at marketing as, as magic, you know, mm-hmm. and if your marketing is not doing the magic, you're not doing the type of marketing that's supposed to bring the best out of your product or service. Mm-hmm. Same thing applies to an artist when you build that artist persona. An individual who just starts here and, you know, they, they, nobody knows them and they just make art. How do you take that and make it a global brand is through a number of different ways to grow that circle, that immediate circle. Um, so you have to make certain investments in order to tap into bigger brands. So you mm-hmm. have to be ready to make certain investments. However you do it, you have to you go figure it out, right? The other thing is you start thinking strategically, yeah. strategy. You don't just copy paste something that you read online in another you know, artist's profile because they, it worked for them. You don't do that. Same as a startup. You don't copy paste someone else's strategy hoping for the best. That's only going to get you so far. 
So you got to have grit. You got to have the personality to fight because mm-hmm. no one's going to be cuddling you. No one's going to be, you know, babysitting you yeah. and holding your hand all the time. Right. And that's what a lot of these kids don't understand. Graduating universities, top universities, top of their class. They're not equipped with life experience. They're not equipped. Exactly. With I and, mean, uh, I have a kind of a side note actually about this because um, lately my team um, have been growing and I've been realizing it's been really, I don't know for you actually, you'll tell me, but it's really, it's been really hard actually to get resources, to get, you know, to leverage your business. Right. And then right. I've been trying to figure and understand, and I don't know if you have any insight or any um, anything that you'd like to share about it, but what is it that we are actually teaching to these kids nowadays? Um, that's a real question because when they are in a startup or small business, they usually are not that equipped or equipped enough in order to do the job. That's really, really important, uh, the topic that you brought up. And that's why uh, I agree with you 100%. Tools can only take you so far. It's like, let's say you give, you give someone a Lamborghini and uh, just because they like cars, but they were never trained. They don't know what, it, what the engine is. They don't know how it all comes together. They don't know what it's supposed to do. They don't know, mm-hmm. you know how to put it to the most efficient you know, work what to feed it, what kind of fuel, what kind of... So, same way, is like you have certain people, they go and acquire a lot of knowledge mm-hmm. or, you know, maybe they're trained to be great operators out of school, a big company, a big machine can hire you, you come in and you serve a purpose. Your purpose is accounting or law or business administration or marketing. You're, so, you're serving as a function within a bigger organization organism or organization now what if you want to create the organization so that's a difference you have to think differently around what is this organism or organization how does it what does it look like what you know how does it move mm-hmm. how you know how big can it get is it or and you compare with nature things actually fall in order a lot easier i use the nature in my in my references a lot for example You know, a tree that takes 30 years to develop, you know, a thick trunk and grow into a massive infrastructure as an organism, very different than a flower, very different than, you know, another life form. Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it better than a flower? Is it, should everybody go plant trees or is it, you know what I mean? It's, you can't put the good and bad to it. You just have to understand what your capabilities are. What are you meant to do? How can you get the most out of it? So mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with having a company that is a small company and it's going to stay a small company and it's serving the community and it's, it has a role in the community. So why do we go out and tell these entrepreneurs, build a unicorn? Mm. Because then if it's not a unicorn, you're a failure next. That's the attitude of the venture capitalists and the accelerators where they're all looking for the next biggest hit. It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's ridiculous. And when you compare to nature, this is something powerful because what's the thing that we reference when it outgrows other things? If it's in the, in the backyard, you call it weed and it's not good for the health of the rest of, you know, flowers in your garden. And if it's mm-hmm. in your body, you call it cancer. The cancer cell is essentially what outgrows other cells. Mm-hmm. And why is that the, the methodology we're teaching the world? 
Yeah. Because then when you look at those big companies, they're all cancerous. You have a big cancerous company. It's taking over small businesses. Call it Walmart. Another one, big one, killing the small business, Amazon. Another one, I can go on and on and on. And it's not defamation. I'm not putting them down. I'm, this is the reality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, which is true. Which is true. Have you ever wondered how to get more visible online? I mean, that's a question that I receive almost every single day. So uh, based on upon multiple requests, I decided to put together a workshop in order to help entrepreneurs like you that needs and want more visibility online. So on June 23rd at 9 a.m. and in French and 11 a.m in English, I'll share with you uh, the recipe and seven keys to well optimize your website, your e-commerce and your your blog. So make sure to register for that. You have to go to coaching.geraldinegp.com slash en slash workshop. So I'm waiting for you. Yeah. Because then when you look at those big companies, they're all cancerous. You have a big cancerous company, it's taking over small businesses, call it Walmart. Another one, big one, killing the small business, Amazon. Another one, I can go on and on and on, and it's not defamation, I'm not putting them down, I'm, this is the reality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, which is true, which is true. Um, but before to dive into that, because we have a lot to cover in terms of <laughs> your engagement and I know you're a person that is very vocal and I really want to hear your words on specific and very sensitive topic I would I should even say Uh, let's dive into the numbers and how strategically you plan scaling molecule and also what comes with the number is also the funding Uh, what can you just like elaborate on what was the funding model that you actually um, you actually decided sure. to have with your partner? Because you touched a little bit on it, but I really would like to deep dive into it in order to understand exactly how did you build the found like the funding foundation in order for right. Molecule actually to grow. Absolutely. So that's one of those things. If if you're listening to this and you're someone who holds a nine to five job. What I'm about to share with you is not just fantasy or is not like something out of reach. It's just practice. And by that, I mean, I've practiced since I was younger how to manage my time in a sense that I can do more than one thing at a time. And it's not for everybody. I don't say everybody should go do this, but it's a matter of time management plus your personal goals and what your, you know, let's say, mission is with respect to your project or company or, you know, startup. And when we started with Molecule, this was, obviously, I didn't have the access. So to me, it was self-funded with the amount of investments I've put in forward and my partner put in forward and managing those resources efficiently enough to get us mm-hmm. from point A to B. Mm-hmm. Um, and that point A to B, Peter Thiel, one of the big investors, you know, PayPal, PayPal Mafia, his book, Zero to One, that's, you know, that's the zero to one strategy. And, you mm-hmm. know, find your next step, you know, hone in on it and do that. Problem with what we were building is we weren't just building something that you can put to market immediately and test with a certain amount of users because it was a two-sided marketplace. Of course. The two-sided marketplace, 
no matter what you're selling, you're always going to run into the chicken and egg problem. Exactly. And if you talk to investors, I'm sure you have, when you approach them with that, they're always going to just challenge you and say, well, you know, it's the chicken and egg. How are you going to get the chicken? How are you going to get the... And I just knew this is going to be ridiculous. And even though I've had numerous conversations, I just worked on the product. And I was like, okay, well, if you don't get it, any other way I explain it to you, I have to build it. <laughs> so to build it, I have to be creative. I have to put whatever I have into work. Sometimes we have to stretch the time to finish yeah. something to get to the next thing versus if you were to just take investors' money, whether it's your immediate family, whether it's, you know, um, let's say angel investors or something, people are going to wait to see when they're they going to get their money back. So you're going to always have a ticking bomb, something back of your mind uh, bothering you. Whereas in this case, even though we invested more time and capital, we were able to stretch the time that it took to go live and go, you know, launch the product. Mm -hmm. um, that if somebody else had million dollars in the bank that could just pay a whole bunch of people to do it, maybe they did it in, they could do it in less, less time than me. But if I can't think like that, then what do I do? Do I give up? Do I stop? Or do I find other ways to make it work? And that's when, when you make it a must, your brain starts to think creatively. You know, mm -hmm. how, where do I go? Where else? There's got to be another way. There's got to be another way. And that's the method that kind of brought us forward, but it's not your traditional path. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love that. I mean, we all know that you have to be creative anyways, because your path is not your other startup path. You have to build your own, right? You have to do what is right also for you, for your background, for your partners as well, right? Okay. So one, one I mean, thing, one last thing before we move forward, because if anyone's listening, I want them to kind of get a good grasp. I hate when people don't share the nitty gritty of their processes. To, to put it very bluntly, if you're holding even a job, even if you're working part-time, mm -hmm. whatever money you have coming in, If you're not willing to spend it, and I mean spend it, to see your dream come into fruition, see your ideas come into, you know, prototypes and prototypes become actual, you know, businesses, that's a risk you're taking. But to me, my mind works in the sense that I look at life as the real currency, you know, mm -hmm. and my lifetime is all I have to work with. Money is, is a joke, is paper being printed and people's values being dis associated to this in a wrong way. And a lot of people are sitting there saying, I talk to a lot of people, I'm sure you do too. Everybody says they don't have money. Everybody says they're stressed out. And you look at them and it's like, why would you do the work that's stressing you out every day and you're not willing to spend or invest the money that's coming in from that job to do something that excites you a little bit? For mm -hmm. me, my startup, if the entrepreneurship journey was the thing that's making me feel excited and wake up in the morning, at least feel like I'm doing something. Mm -hmm. I spend every bit of my money into that. Mm -hmm. And I'm asking anyone listening, are you willing to do that? Because yes. then you start to get on in the journey. Then you're, it's your journey. It's going to be, you know, for you to discover. But if you just sit still and you have a bank account and you have money and you put it into stocks or into bank account or think like everyone else telling you, well, I need to grow my money. I need to grow my money. Are you living life joyfully? Yeah. Are you living life to the fullest you could experience? And guess what? Part of that journey is you're going to fall down face forward on the ground like a kid who's first time learning how to, you know, uh, 
get on a bicycle. That's the fun. So there's nothing. But I mean, that's how, that's how you learn, learn, actually. That's definitely <laughs> how you learn. And there's no other way. Sometimes the learning curve uh, in terms of entrepreneurship might be slightly painful, but actually is the way that's the way you learn. That's the way you plant seeds for what's coming. It's going to become the next big thing that you're going to be creating. Absolutely. And then I also, in what you're saying, I can relate a lot because I've been coaching uh, for the last couple of months and years, like some entrepreneurs as well. They don't realize at first, especially early stage, that they need to invest in themselves as well in order to grow and in order to move forward. And I think that's very, very interesting that you are bringing that up. Um, now, I mean, you've been, besides creating also Malikul, I'm interested into understanding your productivity process because building a startup, okay, we know it takes more than a little bit of energy. It takes everything from you usually. <laughs> But you also in, you are also taking the time to invest in over startups. How does it work? Like what's the plan and how what's the mechanism and how actually you pick these startups? Okay. I don't know how much time we have, but what I'll do is I'll take you back a few years back. Um, I, I had a major investment in a, in a major project and it basically collapsed and failed right before my eyes um, in a short period of time. And it was really tough for me. And it was one of the toughest times in my life, uh, being in a low place in myself, financially, everything. Mm -hmm. And I was like, how did this happen? And this is not my first time experiencing that sort of failure. This is like after so many times and this happened and it was just hard to digest. But then What happened was it opened me up to some other information that I would never usually care about and meditation mm -hmm. and understanding myself, going mm -hmm. deeper in myself, understanding mm -hmm. what is going on uh, and how can I prevent this from happening again or how can I get the most out of myself to answer your question where the energy comes from, your energy source is within yourself. Mm -hmm. So I took two years, I stopped playing the game Even though I had projects like Molecule in progress, I wasn't actively involved anymore. I wasn't just going out to make money and just, you know, fund my lifestyle or any of that. I was living a very lean and simple life and I was just focused on this stuff. So meditating and went deeper into that and not just like meditation in, in terms of what it's taught, but going deeper, understanding where, where you are in time and space Where is your thoughts? Where is your emotions, your body, all that stuff? Mm. And what does that look like? Simply put, you're always in the now. You're always here. You're in the present moment. But mm -hmm. where I caught myself was as an entrepreneur, as somebody who's like a visionary or creative or whatever, I would always go into the future. Exactly. And if I'm not in the future, I would go into the past and then I would not like some things in the past. And then I would, you know, mm -hmm. never having that ground, grounding where, yeah. you know, where are you? So I reversed it from being, you know, 99% of the time in my mind and chasing ideas and the future and all that to being 80, 90% present all the time, which mm -hmm. means you look at reality as is, you accept everything as is. Now, when you notice a problem you want to solve, it's much easier because it's right in front of you. It's not in my ideas. It's like if I can fix something, it's happening right now. It's real. Mm -hmm. um, this is a little bit of a complicated concept. It's, if anyone's interested, they can look up non-duality. 
that's mm-hmm. the essence of the, this practice that I've done, non-duality, um, which you know gets you to kind of understand yourself. And this is a really important thing because if you have leaders who, you know, somebody like Elon Musk, I know where he is in his mind. That's nothing to applaud. That's nothing to say, wow, amazing. That's nothing to strive for because he's so lost in his mind that he thinks he has to leave the planet, go to another planet he's never been to, all based on his ideas, all based on fear of some sort. And it's like, I would encourage you to think for yourself. Yeah, it sounds cool to go to another planet, but you know, 60% of Earth, 60% of the land on Earth is not being utilized. So why not make something right here at home that could utilize that land instead of having to build so much stuff, hundreds of billions of dollars to go to another planet. Mm-hmm. So that's when I realized, wow, that person is not very grounded. Mm-hmm. And if they are, then they put in taking everybody else for a ride. Mm-hmm. So long story short is you start thinking for yourself, you start applying some of these things. And then with respect to your life, with respect to your lifestyle, with respect to your companies, ask yourself and see if it's aligned. Does it excite you? Is the inner GPS kind of buzzing the right way? Or is it mm-hmm. kind of like, ah, what am I doing? Like, this isn't really for me or this isn't something I should be pursuing. A lot of it can be done internally, I think. Mm-hmm. I think I think what you're saying is very important, specifically um, in a tech and entrepreneurial community where we push people to, you know, embrace the fast, 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 you know, um, we need to build businesses that are, that are there actually to last. And this is where I applaud what you're saying right now, because we are not usually as entrepreneurs taking care of ourselves. We're not grounded, like you said, and most of us, most of the time are burned out. And it's hard to be grounded. It's hard because you have to wear those multiple hats that you said. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, I mean, I applaud that because there are very few entrepreneurs that are that takes the courage or have the courage actually to say and accept that we need to make a change in our way to address entrepreneurship, to comprehend uh, entrepreneurship, and to live through entrepreneurship. Now, you are someone that is very passionate and vocal about um, entrepreneurship for sure politics, um, inclus- uh, inclusiveness, inter- intersectionality, uh, and all that kind of matter. Uh, and I want to know why, what's actually burning you actually to, you know, to try to create some sort of um, justice, if I may say, or find a way actually to create more equality for everyone? Absolutely. So this is what, this is what happened, right? Coming, being, you know, one of those student at risk that now I would want to talk to being somebody who's, you know, racially profiled for a long time, being somebody who, you know, whatever, all those things that have happened to me. I've asked myself a simple question. This was like a couple years back. I was like, okay, if, you know, how much, how much money can I be given? Right. Or what, what can I be given 10 years from now, five years from now? That would make all that stuff go away. All that, you know, bad stuff that I experienced, failures, disappointments, all that stuff, make it go away or make it worth living through. Mm-hmm. That's a deep question to contemplate on. I, I encourage any of my students or people to think about this because this is how you tap into your core value. 
Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I realized, okay, I have limited time on this planet. And what can I do to touch as many lives, to impact as many lives like mine, who never had those access, who never had those, you know, um, things. And if I do that, how many people would I be able to reach and help? And I came up with something, and this was, you know, last year, 2020. And I said, you know what? If over the next decade or sooner, I reach a million lives, I reach a million entrepreneurs that I can empower. So I came up with a mission statement for myself to empower a million entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And that might make me feel good about myself. It's not the money. It's none of my, it's none of my specific projects that I'm pursuing, but it's the depth of impact and seeing it happen. So just by doing that, all of a sudden things like this have started to happen. Where now mm-hmm. through you, we're sharing that mission. Mm-hmm. Who knows how many million people can hear this podcast. And mm-hmm. that's how it gets more powerful. It's bigger than me. All of a sudden it's just like, wow. I talk to my other partners. They're like, wow, we want to be part. We want to share this mission. You know, if, so that way, if I reach 100,000 and you reach 100,000 and nine other, eight other people reach 100,000, we reached a million. Mm-hmm. And imagine once you reach a million people's lives, they know at least 10 other people. <laughs> so now you've reached, you know, tens of millions of people simply through a thought process. Mm-hmm. But is that thought process a fake thought that's just a fantasy or is it connected to you every day getting up and then one putting it out in the universe? This is where people talk about law of attraction, talk, talk about other things. Yeah. It's not gimmicky. It's just you put it out in the universe and if you long enough, you hold that vibration, hold that thought, vibe that vibe for long enough, the universe will apply it. Just make sure you ask for the right thing. So there is something I want to share for anyone who's never heard this. There's two, three ways to ask for stuff because we are never taught how to ask for something. Yeah. One is very specific thing where somebody says, I want this yellow Lamborghini with this white interior, with this specific look, feel everything, right? And that's very specific. Somebody else says, I just want a Lamborghini. I don't care what gear, what color, what model. And another person says, I don't care if it's a Lamborghini or a Toyota or a bus. I want whatever brings me the best feeling. And because I haven't sat in all the cars, I have no idea what brings me the best feeling. And it's a very general way of asking. So we all use those three in different ways of, you know, different situations. If I go to a restaurant and say, bring me whatever tastes great, I'm, I'm going to be disappointed maybe. But um, you go to a restaurant, you ask for something specific. You, you know, when, when it comes to a spouse, you don't want to say, I want this person, I want a girlfriend or guy friend, boyfriend that looks like this and, you know, wears this color clothing. It's just like you have to be open to experience in life and let life happen to you. Exactly. So, with, yeah. with regards to my path, I think a lot of it has been like the, like the last option where I leave it to the universe. I say, bring me whatever is going to get the best out of me or, you know, put the people in front of me that, you know, it's going to be the best experience. And mm-hmm. you, you kind of see it happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if you try and control it, you literally block certain avenues and doors because all of a sudden if I say I only want to talk to um, – this type of people, this age group is within this market. You know, it's just, you're so specific that 
you're leaving out opportunities to explore. Exactly. I mean, law of attraction is something that I strongly believe in, um, but it's something that is not taught from a very young age. I had to learn it yeah. actually while building my first businesses. And that's something that should be taught actually earlier, I think, because it will, it will serve um, not only entrepreneurs, but I will say human humans in general. Um, I mean, that being said, uh, you have many favorite authors that you love and you quote a few of them such as Barack Obama, uh, Christopher H. Or Orwell as well. What's the common, you know, um, what's their common areas for these entrepreneurs and something that is meaningful to you when you are thinking about all these three authors? I think there are people who at one point in time, they tap into their potential and they run with it at whatever cost they run with it. And because something else bigger than them is driving them, whether it's Nelson Mandela or Obama or, you know, other great, great women, men who've done wonders, you know, throughout history, they reach, ultimately they push to reach their full potential. And mm -hmm. that potential is going to be realized through whatever their experiences may have been. If as a young Barack, he, you know, he was, more in tune with speaking than imagine him as a president, right? The lives he touches. If as a young, um, any other entrepreneur, any other person you can think of to fill in that blank, if they grew up in a specific environment and they, you know, maybe they learned art and they're really in tune with art, then they communicate through art. So I think it doesn't matter what your means of communication. You could be a great author. You could be a great um, athlete. You can be a great... Um, entrepreneur, operation person, whatever, whoever you may be out there, put yourself, you know, don't hold back. Don't hold your life energy back. Just run with it. And um, through that process, try and align yourself with some kind of mission bigger than you because then you tap into a bigger energy source. Mm -hmm. So if that, whatever it is, maybe you were, you know, bullied when you were young and then you know, you're now getting into a position of power or authority. Even if you work for a company, find a group where you can now help advocate or help educate or help raise awareness. Mm -hmm. Little things like that help bring so much more out of you and more bring people to you. And then business happens as a byproduct. And of course, you get money from it too. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have it, this is what kind of frustrates me with artists. Some of them have massive platforms, right? But they're not connected. They don't stand for anything. It's like mm -hmm. your voice reaches across the globe, but you're just fulfilling yourself, your personal mm -hmm. fantasies, your personal whatever, you know, desires. Meanwhile, there's all these people you have access to. What a waste. <laughs> Clearly. So, I mean, we're heading towards... Um well, the end of the interview, there was a pleasure to have you with me. But before to let you go, I have two more questions. The first one will be, what would you tell uh, your 20 years old self? <sighs> this is one of those. <laughs> this is, uh, honestly, because I don't live with regret much. I've done a lot of these contemplations and there's no room for regret. Um, I would... I would tell my 20-year-old self to take it easy a little bit. Take it easy mm -hmm. a little bit. 
you know, because you settle into your path. You don't need to rush things. And I, I tend to want, I, I've been trying to beat time. It's just, you can't, right? So you have to let things mature at their time. <laughs> I, I agree so, so much. I mean, that's really funny that you're saying that because when in my early days as an entrepreneur and freelancer back then, my husband was saying that all the time. <laughs> just <laughs> so, so I love that. And then what's the you know, piece of advice that you would definitely share with our listeners today, whether they are, you know, early stage entrepreneurs or more advanced in their journey? I think we're living in incredible times that we can have these sort of interactions. Just imagine this interaction of us being able to reach so many people through a single conversation wasn't possible at all. Like, you know, you go back a few decades and this is just like completely, yeah. you know, fantasy. And that gives us more power as people. doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter where you live or how much access you have. If you just start putting these tools to work and do something that excites you, do something that could also, you know, help your current situation and put you in a position where you can help other people later on, whatever the case may be, whatever excites you, just push yourself out of your comfort zone, out of those boundaries that you've created for yourself Fail, fail as many times as you can, because then you're going to see there's nothing wrong with it. It's like falling off a horse 50 times then you become really great at riding it. And that's how you, you got to imagine like a company. It's a moving thing. It's you can't just, you know, put it into a box. Right. So you just have to learn how to ride the wave or it's another reference, for example. And I just want to say, you know, um, I appreciate your time and people need to learn and be inspired by these sort of initiatives, taking an hour of your time and, you know, you're, you're putting out something into the universe. And you know, this is, this is just amazing to me that uh, it could, who knows how big a platform can get. Mm -hmm. Where people can find out about you. I'm pretty much all over the internet. <laughs> <laughs> If you just put my name, Zavosh, Z-A-V-O-S-H, Zabolian, Z-A-B-O-L-I-Y-A-N. Um, You can see in Google, or you can just go to zavosh.xyz, and uh, there's a little bit about me on there. Yeah, not too hard to find. Amazing. Thank you for being with me uh, at Entrepreneurs in Conversation with Geraldine today, and see you next time. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Bye. Cheers. Before to go towards the end of that episode, I hope you enjoyed. I just wanted to let you know that um, on June 23rd at 9am in French and 11am in English, if you are an entrepreneur and looking forward to get more visibility online, well, you're going to be served. So I will invite you to be a part of my workshop, Seven Keys to Improve, Optimize Your Website, E-Commerce, blog and also you can join in bring your friends and then also your questions and then i'll help you where to find the information uh check in coaching.joldingp.com slash en slash workshop so see you there This is the end of the show. Share the show with your community. Make sure to listen to the next episode on Spotify, iTunes, Stitchers, and Anchor, and more. Follow us on Instagram at ecg.podcast and me, Geraldine GP. Follow me on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. See you next time.